Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. All right, what do we got to do on that course? We got to do what? We got to shout, right? Okay, I know it's a little scarce tonight, all right, but dig deep and let's shout that word shout on the course. Here we go. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, the victory. Good, good, not bad. I think there's still a little bit left there in us, you know, a couple of you are still scared to shout, all right? It's all right, just think you're parenting your child and you're frustrated, all right? Just kidding. Nobody shouts when they do that, I know. Here we go, on the last. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. It's about time those interns showed up on that shout. Good job. Well, I think the rain scared a lot of people. We have about 25 people over there for the VBS meeting, but that's a lot of holes still. So, you know, you'd think you've never seen rain before. It's only been a couple, three weeks, but uh, wow, we need the rain. I know it looks dark and ominous out there. Let's see what we have today, the birthdays and anniversaries for two weeks, because we did not do... Hey, Mr. Collin, welcome back. He's like, vacation Bible school meeting, I gotta go. <laughs> Uh, so if you had a birthday or an anniversary in the last two weeks, we need to know. Anybody who you pointing to? Mr. Benji, when was your birthday? June 3rd. And how old are you? 14. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 10 years. Amen. June 3rd. Dan? June 4th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 17 years. Amen. Miss Clayton, how old are you? Ten, double digits. And when was your birthday? When was it? May 29th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 
four years. Amen. Who else? Miss Karen. May 29th. And how long? You're the same age as, as Clayton. So, how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Now, wait a minute. You're the same age as Clayton. <laughs> 35 years. That's wonderful. Walter? June 3rd. Almost 50 years. Amen. Caleb? June 1st. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 18, we did celebrate with him, by the way, in case you're uh, panicking about that. So one of our interns had his birthday. The first week he was, Becky was here on Tuesday, and Thursday was his birthday. Hey, Sue, you're going to raise your hand, or do you need somebody to help you do it? You know, when you get 40, it's really hard to lift it all the way up. I, you've been outed already, buddy. You can't get away from it. 40 years old. When did you turn 40? I said, when did you turn 40? <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you known the Lord your Savior? Uh, 20 years. 20 years, amen. Praise the Lord. Robert? Uh, my birthday was Thursday. I'm 54 years, amen. That's wonderful. Anybody else? Any anniversaries? Did we miss any anniversaries? Anniversary? When was your anniversary? Thursday. Thursday. They were, you know, where, you know where they were at on their anniversary? Same place that J.D. and Abby were at on their anniversary this last week. So Thursday was your anniversary. How many years? 21. 21? Doc not here? Oh, man. Happy anniversary to him. <coughs> 21 years. So what's the secret to 21 years of marital bliss? Uh, patience. Patience. <laughs> yeah, amen. Enjoy being together, getting beyond the hard times. Notice she didn't say that there aren't any hard times. Anybody who's telling you that in, uh, when, in describing marriage is lying. It, you can't take two lives and bring them together and make one out of them without some challenges, but they are worth the challenges. And uh, so, yeah, amen. Anybody else have an anniversary? I had the anniversary of my salvation on June 5th, so that was exciting. Let's sing happy birth anniversary to all of these people here. Happy birth anniversary to you. Happy birth anniversary to you. Happy birth anniversary, God bless you. Happy birth anniversary to I'm sure we probably missed someone over there. Before Matthew comes, I want to just give you an update. This afternoon, Mel's dad had a heart attack. Uh, he, had, he fell on Wednesday, if you remember, and broke his hip. They did the surgery, and things seemed to be going well. And this afternoon, he had an episode that Melody felt uncomfortable watching. He was having trouble breathing, so they called, you know, she called the doctors in, and, or doctor and nurse in. And um, anyway, so uh, they determined he had a heart attack. And, but he bounced back and was talking and, and everything. And then just before the service started, she called again. This time she called in tears, which makes it a little harder for your pastor. But anyway, um, she, he seemed to be having another uh, one of those episodes, another heart attack, we're assuming. We don't know. So he's 93. He knows the Lord, and he's ready, you know. So, um, But just to calm your hearts, Glenda took off and went to the hospital to be with Melody. So she's not up there by herself. Just uh, want to make you guys know that. So we, uh, we covet your prayers and what the Lord's doing. Matt, you come on.
please stand for the reading of God's word. Joshua chapter 4, verses 10 through 18. For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan, until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people, according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over, and the priest in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel, as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place, and overflowed all his banks as they did before. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Or keep singing about heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day when I get to see Christ face to face. What a day that will be. So we'll sing all three verses of When We See Christ. <clears throat> of times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to Oh. 
on that last. Life's day will soon be o'er. All storms forever pass. We'll cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of for our last song tonight. We've been learning this song this month. We'll sing all uh, verse, verse 1 and verse 2 of Only You Can Satisfy. Anxious thoughts and deep despair Break my hope and set a snare Helpless wandering, trapped and weak, Jesus, you're the one I need. Only you can satisfy on your promises I can rely when I come to you. Andrew, we sang about heaven tonight. Ah, that's wonderful. It doesn't make it easy on I me. Mean, that was wonderful. Do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the group that some of you will remember this, and some of you won't? The group that came in from Shepherds. Um, you know, uh, Bud Wood had the uh, group that came in from Shepherds. Um, what was that guy's name? The the guy who sang "It Will Be Worth It All." Do you guys remember that? So he was one of the ones, I think he was the, I think he was the longest person that had stayed in the home. The Shepherd's Home up in Wisconsin is a, is a school for mentally handled, handicapped adults. And 
Oh, he stood up, and uh, there was not a dry eye in the place as this guy sang, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And it was like, ooh, just gets me going. All right, sorry. Uh, so tonight, we're going to kind of reminisce the, uh, the services that we just had. We packed a lot into a week. Fortunately, Brother Dave made it easy for us. He packed it all into one book. So if you go back and reread that book, then uh, you know, it'll help you to remember the messages of, of the ser- sermons that he preached. So uh, what was the book, by the way? First Peter. So, uh, and it's only five chapters, right? So it's not a terribly long book. You ought to be able to get through that book in a fairly uh, quick amount of time. And I would encourage you over the next month, uh, at least for the rest of this month, to kind of make that a daily devotional for yourself, that you would just say, we're going to read through First uh, Peter I would say you ought to read through it once a day, but maybe you just need to take one chapter a day and get through it in a week, uh, whatever it might happen to be. But, uh, you know, just kind of use that so that the decisions that were made keep coming back to you fresh and the points that Dave was making keep coming back to us fresh. And, and the yes, don't worry, we've already invited him to be back with us, so uh, we'll get him back here, Lord willing, uh, sometime in the not-too-distant future. And so uh, looking forward. I don't know if he's coming to 4th of July. We didn't get a chance. Anybody talk to him about 4th of July? In the last two 4th of Julys, he's been passing through Indianapolis, and he has come and spent the weekend of the 4th of July with us. And uh, I don't know if he's going to do that again this year or not. That's a good question. So the 4th of July is on a Tuesday, and we're kind of torn. We haven't really decided. Typically, we would take that Sunday night around the 4th, and we would use that as our celebration and we set off a lot of fireworks here but we also then we have fourth of july would be on tnt night and so it's reasons for maybe doing that but we'll probably end up just setting fireworks off twice uh that's my guess so anyway uh it's fourth of july so we're probably doing this on that sunday i don't know that for sure so anyway, what i'd like to do tonight is intersperse um the uh, testimonies that people have volunteered for it. If you say, I didn't do that, Pastor, or I, I forgot to do that, or whatever, then that's fine. We can, we can meld you into the service tonight. But I met with them this morning because, you know, that we have five people, and, you know, if you take five people and each of them takes four minutes, then, you know, that's 20 minutes of what we have left of our time. So I just wanted to kind of rein in, right, how much time we take. I asked them to keep it to three to four minutes. Uh, so I had, actually had some person, one of them came up and said, I timed myself, Pastor, and okay, so whatever. Uh, but uh, so I don't know if all of them are here or not because it looks like the rain may have held some people off. But um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 as well. I'm tying in. This was an interesting phenomenon as we're kind of working through this. And I'm doing a couple things. One is I'm going to try to end this service a little earlier so that I can get up to the hospital and be with my wife. I feel like I need to be there. So I'm going to uh, try to speed that up. But in Sunday school this morning, uh, we were introducing a new study that we're doing in the Sunday school class that I teach, and um, it took us to the Beatitudes, which is Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3. And so I had a list of, of um, issues. My class is young marrieds, uh, or soon to be married, and uh, so uh, I had a list of issues, and this is, was interesting because I asked them to turn in, what would you like for us to talk about? And so they, they handed in, uh, you know, so I got 20 cards, and and the cards had running themes, as you might guess. You know, young married couples is pretty much running themes. One of them was like, you know, how do you deal with conflict in a marriage? I know that would never happen with you guys, but, you know, young marriages, that's the way they are. 
Uh, and so, and so, you know, we kind of dealt with that, or not dealing with that. We didn't deal with any of it yet. So, but there were running themes. I put like four or five of the things that they had written on cards at the top of the paper, and I said, turn to Matthew chapter five, and I want you to choose the beatitude that you think would speak to these things. And they came to the right conclusion, which is there's ways to apply all of them to certain of the scenarios, right? And that, that, was, that was the conclusion I wanted them to come to. That's the way the scripture works. But it got me to thinking, as we're sitting here with revival decisions, there's ways to take the Beatitudes and say, okay, how am I going to make these things happen? How am I going to flesh them out? You know, we call that fleshing it out. When, when it starts showing up in the way we're living, our, we're living it out in the flesh, so we call it fleshing it out. How am I going to flesh out these decisions that I made? And you can take a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the things that are in the Beatitudes and uh, make an application to them. So I'll read them real quickly. We'll pray, and then we're going to jump into some testimonies. And you're going to help me preach tonight because you're going to remind us of things that jumped out at you from, from the sermons that Dave preached. We're going to kind of walk ourselves back through the week, and you're going to help me do that. You don't have to give a testimony to do that. You can sit in your seat to do that. If you're going to give a testimony, though, we have microphones. And the reason we do that, not to put you on the spot, but we broadcast and in order for them to hear you for them that has to go through a microphone you understand that plus in even in this room probably helps as well blessed are the poor in spirit it says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all men are evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And we didn't go on, but then it goes into that year, the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world, and how that's supposed to tie in. I did tell them, as I was speaking in my Sunday school class, Starting in verse 10, I'm hoping that your marriage doesn't show up in verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and say all men. So we were kind of hoping that wasn't quite there yet for them. But anyway, uh, there's ways then to answer all of the questions that are all of the circumstances through the Beatitudes. So as we're looking at how to flesh out our decisions, we can find that fleshing out right here. So... We'll start by looking at Sunday, and uh, somebody tell me, remember Dave's point was that we need to know, right? And we need to know what? Know who God is, what we have, and what we're supposed to do. Those are his three major points. He did that Sunday morning, Sunday night, right? So we need to know some things. So what jumped out at you? Anybody have something to say? That, something jumped out at me about that one. You don't have to give a, I'll repeat what you say, so you don't have to come up and say anything. Anybody say, something jumped out at me at that one. I don't know if it did or not. I'm just asking. First Peter 1.13. What's it say? <laughs> I know you're memorizing it, so put him on the spot. Wherefore, gird up the loins. That's okay. Hope to the end. 
for the grace that is brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So to know, to know God, and that verse jumps out because we're supposed to gird up our loins. We're supposed to, to be thinking right, be sober, and hope. To, I love that. I love the phrase, hope to the end. Right? Don't lose hope. I love that. Anybody else? Something jump out at you on Sunday that say, well, that just jumped out. That was an amazing point, wasn't it? That our power and our strength come from knowing God and what God can do. Amen. Anybody else? Move on to Monday. So what was Monday's key word? Grow. Grow. Was that Monday? I know. I'm like you. I'm going to get them all mixed up because they all, they all rhyme. It's like no, show, grow, glow. They're all in there someplace, right? So let's just stick with grow. Uh, so knowing that we're supposed to grow and knowing that that's what we were doing, that's what revival is all about, right? Revival is really for the Christian primarily. And it's about growing, about taking those spiritual steps and growing in grace, about adding to our faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godless, godless, brother, kindness, brother, kindness, charity. We add to our faith. That's, that's the concept of growing, Right? By the way, that's 2 Peter chapter 1 is where those, that list is. So what jumps out at you from what Dave was saying? What jumped out at you about growing? Okay, so <coughs> we started out as little, little children, right? We got saved, and then we grow, and it's great to watch people grow, and it's really sad. You know, you guys wouldn't know Stuart Tapley, but I grew up at Faith Baptist Avon. Didn't grow up there, but I got saved when I was 16, and so I was growing up there. And uh, there was a little boy named Stuart Tapley. When Stuart Tapley was born, he was just a normal little kid, just a great little boy and wonderful, and everybody loved him. He was cute and everything else. And he got to five, and he stayed this wonderful little boy that was cute, and he stayed the size and mentality of five for the rest of his life. Don't know, I couldn't tell you what it was. I was a teenager and I wasn't paying attention to, you know, what the definitions of all those things were. But that's what happens with Stuart Tapley. And so while you had this little kid, it was great and you were excited. When we don't grow, it's not, it's not joyful. It's sad. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't mean they didn't love him. That doesn't mean he didn't bring joy into their lives. But no one looked at that and said, oh, that's wonderful. Everybody thought it was sad because... What we're supposed to do is grow. And so, yeah, remembering where we were and where we are and what God's doing. Anything, anybody else? Be holy for Jesus is holy. Be holy. That concept of growing is growing in our holiness and being holy because God is holy, right? God has, can we be holy? Here's what the Bible says. All of my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So how can I be holy? I'm I want you to answer this. This is part of growing and understanding, right? How is, how is it that that can be true? If all of the good things that I do are as filthy rags in the sight of God, then how can I be holy? There's an answer, and I'm kind of misleading you on purpose if you kind of figure that out. What's the answer? Trust in Jesus Christ. Right? On my own, all of the righteousness that I do, it's, it's as filthy rags in the sight of God. But... When I'm saved, now I'm doing this in the power of God. You understand? It's God working through me. It's the distinction of the blood. Apart from Christ, 
All of our good works are just that. They're just filthy rags. But in Christ, now that we are saved and we're children of God, we have the ability now to grow in this wonderful thing called holiness. And we can become more like Jesus Christ. We, I know the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, it says, Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when we shall see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But we don't have to wait to become like Jesus till that day. I mean, we can, can, we can start that process now so that we put off the old man, renew our thinking, put on the new man. So, Miss Amy, you're sitting up front, I guess, so I'm going to call you up first. Would you step up to that microphone? And you were one of our volunteers. But the thing that, I think it's the first time we have missed since we have been to this church. But the thing that was sort of amazing to me, um, and I hadn't watched any of them because we had no cell service, but I started binge watching this afternoon. But even in the message, um, it was interesting how God answers prayer. Not because I'm a great um, person of prayer, but because God is great. And so the things that I prayed for during revival were, were that um, starting in January, that we would have um, food workers, that we would have food at a discounted price, that the mechanics of the meals and the preparation would be all taken care of, we'd have the right amount of food, and there would be um, no problems with the transportation of the food or lifting of pots and um, those big uh, crock pots, and then um, the shopping needs would be taken care of, because it, it does take a lot to to do the shopping, actually. Um, okay, then, and then at the fellowship time that there would be a great blessing at the meals. And then for the revival, that even though this is it's a scheduled revival, that it wouldn't be man-made, but God-sent. And souls would be saved, and the saved, those who were saved, would get right with God, and they'd see God's glory, and that would be an encouragement to others in the faith. And then the topics for the revival would be what we needed, and there would be big crowds, not that they would dwindle um, through the week or on Friday, you know, there's just a few, and that everyone would say, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, Amen. that hearts would be softened, that there would be fire from heaven to turn hearts to him, and that the revival, because we were going to be gone during revival, the thing that I wanted to see, that it would last longer than a week. Um, I also prayed that the donation to Dave Young would be hefty um, because I remember when we were a small church and we sort of depended on larger churches making great donations so mm -hmm. that evangelists and missionaries could come and speak at our church. So um, that was actually answered. Um, and um, um, then the other things that I've never seen a spontaneous revival in my lifetime, and I've been praying about this for a couple years. So the things that I want to see in revival, I want to see, um, see God revive his people and save multitudes of people. I want to see businesses change their hours so people can go to revival. I want to see bars closed except to serve sandwiches because there is conviction about alcohol consumption. Amen. I want to hear people talk on the street that God is the only one that saves. I want to witness people sorrowful for their sins and ask about Jesus. 
I want to see people submit to the Lord's calling to be a missionary or a pastor. I want to see in our church couples go to the mission field. And I want to see um, the upstairs, the fellowship hall, and the sanctuary um, packed with people for two services um, who um, want to hear the message of salvation. And there are so many people coming to church that the fire marshal is called because we have a great Amen. occupancy <laughs> and um, to hear the message. And, and that's my hope for revival. Amen. Asking God for the big things. We laugh, but is it funny? Can God do those things? He has done them before. He has. Read your history. You know, and uh, there's a song. There's a song. Think about this. When, when Hollywood brags about defeating the gospel, you know the gospel is having an impact. So there's a song that um, Frank Sinatra was famously known for singing. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town, the town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down. Because Billy Sunday would go into a town and preach and bars would close and serve sandwiches. That's what would happen. And people would be coming in droves to hear. Those kinds of revivals have happened. Can they still happen? Sure, absolutely. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Tuesday. What was, uh, what was the theme for Tuesday? Anybody remember? That one was grow? Oh, grow at home. Grow at home. That's right. Oh, wow. That wasn't that good. Grow at home. I mean, he made you want to go out and get married all over again. He's like, grow at home. That was fantastic. Uh, growing at home. And it's a joy to listen to those kinds of messages. So, did it speak to anybody in some special way? Jump out at anybody? You don't have, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. I'm just asking. Let's move to Wednesday. What about Wednesday? What was Wednesday? Was Wednesday so? That's the one you got to come to. So the interns, they have to take turns on which ones they get to go to. So they can keep us on track of the days, probably. So, and uh, so what are we supposed to sow? Righteousness. Sowing righteousness. You know, it's an amazing thing. How many of you garden? All five of us. How many of you? You know, you know what happens every time when you garden? If you plant corn, you know what happens? You get corn every time. You know what happens if you plant beans? You get beans. You might get weeds too. I'm not suggesting that you know, but you didn't plant the weeds; they just come up on their own. But uh, you know, you get what you plant. That's a reality of life. It's a fact of science. It's a gender thing. <clears throat> but you know, uh, you know, you don't get anything but corn from corn seeds. It's just the way it is. So think about that for a moment. You know, if we sow righteousness, what's going to come from it? That's the point. So we need to learn how to sow righteousness. What a joy it is. Thinking back again to, to the Beatitudes, right? The blessed are the meek. It takes some humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It takes having the right motivation. Blessed are, uh, you know, they that mourn. They should be comforted. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. As we figure out how then to see these things coming to fruition in our lives, we can take other aspects of the word and apply it. 
We sow the word. Remember the parable of the sower, right? Jesus, they came to Jesus and said, what, is, what does this all mean? And this is important to hear because when you get to the seed of the parable of the sower, you can't, if you think that the seed is salvation, you're going to get yourself in trouble because the birds come along and take it away, right? You can't lose your salvation, so it's a, that would be a problem. Uh, the seed that is sown is the word. Now, if the word falls on ground that is prepared for it, then that's the greatest opportunity you have to get something from it. Now, if you go out and look at my garden, which I wouldn't right now because it's going to be muddy, but you don't walk in it anyway. You can go look at it. Everything's looking pretty good. Um, but I've got some, you know, you guys, if you farm or if you garden, you know what I'm talking about. They're called volunteers. So I have volunteer pumpkin coming up in one place and the volunteer zucchini coming up in another place. And uh, I, I think the volunteer tomatoes died, but I had a couple of volunteer tomatoes coming up. Come volunteers. I didn't plant them. They were planted by God from last year's harvest, right? And so they got planted, and now they're just coming up. And I'm on purpose letting them grow because I want to see if they actually produce fruit. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't because they didn't get deep enough or they got too deep or whatever. But they're looking pretty good. I have to say the pumpkin and the zucchini are looking pretty good. And I think I'm going to get something from them. Uh, so I've got, it, you're going to wonder why I have a zucchini growing in the middle of a uh, zucchini plant growing in the middle of my beans, that's why. Why I have a pumpkin growing in my corn, well, actually, that's not a bad idea. You can plant pumpkin in your corn if you didn't know that, but um, I didn't do that, and uh, it's just growing up. So, uh, you know, but you reap what you sow, and you sow the word, and when you sow the word, you get all the benefits of the word of God. Read Psalm 139, or Psalm 119 and see what the benefits are from the word of God, right? Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against God. How shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is all Psalm 119. It's just all filled with the word. And so you sow the word and that's what you get. It's exciting. I've got to stop and preaching long enough. I'm supposed to. Will, come on up. There's a microphone over there. If you want to use that one, it doesn't matter. Just pick a side. They'll move the camera in on you. Yep, sure. Go for it. Just face that way, if you would, please. All right, my name's Will, um, 50 years old. I graduated from Baptist Academy. Uh, long story short, we grew up in a Christian home, mom and dad. We went to church um, up till about sixth grade. I was in public school. <clears throat> they got a divorce. Mom put me in a Baptist Academy, and I graduated there. When I graduated, I was all excited, 17 years old, ready to go out in the world, get a job. I thought I knew Christ. I knew God. I was good. 33 years later, I had tragedies. I had good times, bad times, three beautiful sons. Life was great. Life was bad. But this revival, it made me realize that I was still growing. I didn't, I wasn't finished growing just because I graduated and I was saved and baptized. I was still growing every day Amen. because of that man on the cross. Amen. He showed me bad things. He showed me good things. And I tell you what, I could not be more happier that I found this church it took me forever to find a church to be comfortable in. And I've been in Franklin Township for 17 years. I've been to different churches, some good, some bad. But I didn't really find it, what I was looking for, until my neighbor brought me here. And I don't know what, I can't explain what it is, but church family, if you're comfortable here and if you're growing, then this place has it. And I am so thankful for Christ and my neighbor to lead me here. And uh, my testimony is, at 50 years old, 
I'm still growing and I'm still learning stuff and now I can fully understand the things that I went through in my past and people that I meet now I could share my testimony with them if they need somebody to talk to I'm more open and understanding through Christ to do that and be there for them and it just really feels amazing one thing that kind of stands out that David Young said I think it was at the beginning he asked a question he said friend how are you doing and a lot of people say, oh, I'm doing all right. We're surviving. Well, friend, I can tell you right now, I'm growing. I'm 50 years old, and I'm still growing, and I Amen. love it. Amen. Praise and that's God. just, uh, got to keep it short. I don't know if he said three minutes or three minutes. But anyways, <laughs> that's what I got, and thanks for your time. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. So let's get to Thursday. What was Thursday? What was it? Glow. I got a song for that one too, but you know, if you wait, if you just give me a song for everything, it's just, but anyway, so glow, right? We're supposed to glow, little glow worm glimmering, never mind. So what, um, what did he say about glowing? Say it again. Hospitality. Hospitality, right? One of, one of, I think one of the strengths of our church is that, you know, we are, we make people feel at home. Well, we just, I think that's a strength that God's given to our church, making people feel welcome. You know, we're supposed to go beyond just us, right? We're not supposed to just be hospitable to each other, but to the world out there. You know, Jesus didn't spend his time inviting all the Christians over for lunch. Right? He was the friend of sinners. He got himself in trouble with the Pharisees for eating lunch with the sinners. And uh, that's what he does. He's hospitable. So, uh, yeah. Anything else? What, what else jumps out at you about the glowing? Fervent charity. Fervent charity. Fervent, on fire, fiery charity, right? Vibrant charity, loving, with great passion. What were you going to say, Caleb? Uh, he talked about joy. He said if you aren't careful, careful you're from the church evaluating instead of enjoying it. Instead of enjoying it. Yeah, sitting back and evaluating instead of enjoying it. I think that's another hallmark of our church is joy. You know, we haven't forgotten how to laugh. It's a good thing. And uh, so just enjoy it. Anybody else? Every believer has a ministry. Every believer has a ministry. What's yours, Matthew? <laughs> Matthew has several things he does around here, by the way. But, you know, they work with the, uh, him and Mary work with the teenagers on Wednesdays. And beyond Wednesdays, I know how that works. And uh, they, they take care of flower beds and they mow the grass. You don't see it all happening around here, but they do that. If you notice, he was the one up here reading the uh, scripture and taking up an offering and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Every, every Christian has a ministry. What are you doing for Jesus, right? What are you doing? We're supposed to be busy doing things. And you don't have to do it all here, but we're supposed to be busy doing for Jesus, doing a ministry. Anybody else? Joy. Yep. That's that joy that Caleb was talking about. Don't lose that joy. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Anybody else? Friday. Follow. Follow. Follow, following God, following God. And he had all those points following God, about how we go about following God in, in uh, Second Peter, or First Peter chapter 5, right? Following God with humility and following God with, you've got to fill in the blanks, I can't remember it all off the top of my head. But following God and what a joy it is to follow God. So, testimony time. Anybody have a testimony that I didn't get to call up here yet? Miss Karen, I knew it was somebody out there. Come on up, Miss Karen. Got to have you use a microphone or it won't hear you. I'll move it for you. I know it makes people nervous when I 
have you come up, but I'm not trying to make you nervous. It's just got to be heard. I was telling Sharon I was nervous, and she said, if you stand up, she'd shove me. <laughs> <laughs> so this past week has just been wonderful. Um, God has showed, shown me so much in my life that I need to fix. And um, so I'm stepping out in faith and praying more. And I think the key to being closer to the Lord, our Savior, is praying and studying his word. And I want to do more of that. And I just, so many times I have prayed and I, I, say, I think to myself, I'm doing good. And really I'm not. You know, I, you, you got to tell, I think I need to tell Jesus the details of everything and leave it to him and tell him that I want a burden for the lost and for my family. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I just want to be closer, and I just really appreciated the Dave Young this week and what he showed me that I can do. And you're never too old, too young to serve the Lord. Amen. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. Anybody else have a testimony? I'm running out of time. Miss uh, Anna, come on up. I'm running out of time, not, not time to do testimonies, I just running out of time to keep asking. forgot to ask. I don't exactly remember which night it was, but um, I think I've, as I've grown older and, I don't know, going through the stages of life, I think sometimes we get hard and we just kind of look around and see the negative instead of the positive. And um, life doesn't always turn out the way that you expect it to, the way you hope it to. And, um, on Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember a time where God actually broke my heart as much as he did. And I just sobbed forever. Um, but I know that as a Christian, if I feel um, conviction, it's the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit lives in me, then that's just proof of my salvation. It's proof that he lives in me and he's not done. And um, a week ago, right before, in fact, we traveled back the night before, Christy and I went to a wedding in Missouri, a mutual friend, and we were on our way back, and uh, we stopped at Freddy's, and there was a young worker sitting outside on the bench, and he was just on his phone, just minding his business, and I had gone out to the car, Christy stayed inside, and I remember the Holy Spirit just very clearly just pounding, you need to talk to this boy, you need to tell him just just tell him Jesus loves him. And I thought, I need to find a tract. I need to find something. So we wa I walked by, and I got my stuff, and I went back in. And I was like, Lord, I don't have a tract. And I just can't get him off my mind. And I loved what Dave Young said. The people who give out tracts are the people who carry them. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to just walk by and see people and just think, oh, somebody will tell them. They won't listen if I tell them. You know, that's a kid on his phone playing his games. He'll just think I'm an old lady, and <laughs> he'll, he won't listen. But I didn't have a track, so I was convicted by that. Um, also, when he talked about, um, I don't even remember how I got to the point. I think God was just working throughout all of the messages. But becoming hard also includes sometimes feeling like your prayers go unanswered, not unheard, never unheard, but 
when you pray for things over and over and over and you don't see the answers and you don't see resolution. Um, and so um, I, I talked with a friend and her advice was to ask God to see him working, not to ask for the answer, not to ask for what I want, but rather just, God, show me that you're working, whatever that means and wherever that may lead. So um, what I took away from this week and the step I took was that I'm going to put some tracks in my purse. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to be more bold and more brave. If we're talking one-on-one, -on -one, I'm not ashamed or afraid. If we're on Facebook, I'm not ashamed or afraid. But, boy, when it comes to somebody that I don't know, walking up, that's, that's my hard part. So I'm going to be more brave. And I'm not going to stop praying for God to work in the ways that I need him to work in the lives of my family and my friends and my church family. Last opportunity. Anybody else want to share testimony? I want to encourage you as your pastor, let's just keep the steps going, right? Let's, God's working our hearts. Our hearts are tender. You know, if we, if we don't move, there's, what's that, that uh, Patch the Pirate song? Savior, while my heart is tender, I will give you everything. Because let's face it, when my heart quits being tender, I don't care what God thinks anymore or I care less. So it's while my heart is tender, I need to take those steps. And uh, let's, let's uh, see those steps take place, all right? Miss Anita Wells came and met this us, with us this morning and wants to join our church. And we heard some sweet testimonies, Miss Anita. Have you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior? If you die right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen. You follow the Lord of Believer's baptism. And it's your desire to join this church and serve the Lord in this place. Amen. All those in favor of accepting Miss Anita into the fellowship of the church, let Benoma raising your hand. And oppose same sign, you're, you're in. Benjamin, if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is Ben Wells, by the way, her son, one of her sons. Trust Christ as your Savior. If you die right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen. You have followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And it's your desire to join the, this church and serve the Lord in this place. Amen. All those in favor of accepting Ben into the fellowship of the church, let me know, raise your hand. And oppose, same sign. You're in. Now, Dan, can we get you in? That's the question. Dan Wells, other son. Dan, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you die right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen. You have followed the Lord of Believer's baptism. And it's your desire to join this church and serve the Lord in this place. Amen. All those in favor of accepting Dan to the fellowship of the church, let me know by raising your hand and oppose same sign. You're in. All right? So we're going to ask them at the close of the service if they would kind of just hang out up here so you know where to find them. And uh, you can come by and introduce yourself, and the next week we can quiz. No, we won't. I'm just kidding. Uh, we met with three other people, but they were not able to be. Oh, there she is. I'm sorry, Miss Jean. I didn't see you back there. Miss Jean Dixon, by the way, not the uh, psychic for those of you who are around in the 70s. Uh, Miss Jean, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you die right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen. You follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and it's your desire to join this church and serve the Lord in this place. Amen. All those in favor of accepting Miss Jean in the fellowship of the church, let me know raise your hand. And opposed, same sign. You're in. So now all we have to do is get Brenda and Vernon in. We met with them this morning, and uh, they're not here tonight, so they're joining the church, Miss Pearl. Aren't you so, so glad? It's about time. So, yeah, I know, man. We've been Adam and Adam and none. So it is exciting to uh, see those things taking place and uh, God doing some work, and what a thrill it is. I am, if you don't mind, going to pray, 
and then I'm going to skip out pretty quickly here, and it's not because I don't want to fellowship with our new new uh, members or whatever, but I, I do need to get up to the hospital and be with Melody and be an encouragement to her. And honestly, I'm just as honest as I know how. You know, we're we're ready. Dad's been ready for years, you know, and uh, but the last three years he's not really been with us, and so uh, we're ready. But then when the time comes, you know, you're not ready. And so uh, I was doing great until two things happened. Melody called me in tears because Dad was having another heart attack, we assume. And um, that was just hard for her to watch. And then we sing about heaven and, ugh. So I'm going to stop before I start crying. Let's stand. We'll pray. And we'll ask the Wells and Miss Jean if you'll all just step right up to the front of the, uh, the sanctuary so people know where to find you. Father, Thank you so much for a blessed week, for your word that went forth with such great power and did a, a work. I thank you for the sweet testimonies we heard tonight. God, I thank you for uh, Dad and just pray that you would comfort him in these hours. Lord, he's ready to meet you and you're ready to take him home and be with Melody and the family. Just watch over them and give them strength beyond measure as we face these things. And uh, Father, we will just thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I would ask you to pray for one more thing. And that is that I'm supposed to fly out on Thursday to New Hampshire to do Logan Snotty's wedding. So you can see where all of this is kind of, it's going to get a little bit, yeah, tricky. We've got to figure out what we're going to do. Obviously, family comes first and Logan will survive. It's not like I, they don't have other preachers in New Hampshire, uh, you know, but uh, I'm honored that he would put that on me. So anyway, just pray that we can work out all those details. Lord, we just... Help us with all those details as well. All right. Lord bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Give you peace. Love you all. You're dismissed.